Thanks for checking out Classroom to Boardroom here on LJN Radio. I'm Tim Muma. Today we're examining the collision of digital technology and culture and how a strong grasp of this ever-changing reality can help you in the future. Coming back to the show is Roger Whitson, English professor at Washington State University and really a guy who has sunk his teeth into this subject specifically. Roger, welcome back to LJN Radio. Thank you for having me. Well, here's the part where I want to get into a little more detail with what you do and why you really are an expert in this area and why we did want to reach out to you. You teach in a program called Digital Technology and Culture. Can you give us a quick synopsis of what that really entails and then really why you see it as valuable for students? I'm actually a professor of English, so my big background really is in, in literature and writing. Sure. That's kind of the perspective I come from. And digital technology and culture is really a degree. It's an undergraduate degree program here at Washington State University, and it's run by the English department. Okay. So it really has kind of a humanities focus, but it really sort of tries to combine that kind of humanities core with a sort of giving these sorts of new technological approaches to older questions, and then combining that with how do you use basic things. So one of the, one of the classes I teach is, is a basic HTML class where we design a website. And so we actually go through, how do you code this? What does it mean to create a hyperlink? And how do you use things, more recent things like CSS and jQuery? So we definitely have that aspect of it. Sure. But the other classes I teach right now, I'm teaching a class that's really about the history and culture of information. And so we go, we're looking at basic people, Alan Turing. So we're, we also look at the kind of history of where a lot of the sort of standards we see today, where they come from, and how does that history play into how people interpret those standards? Right. You know, one of the things I think, um, and I think it's really fascinating, I often ask my students at the first day of class, you were in there, you know, why are you here? What do you see this, this degree program doing? Because I do think we're one of the more innovative undergraduate degree programs in the country in that way. And in fact, I ask them to contrast it with things like computer science, sort of more traditional. I mean, they're, they're also high-tech right. skills, right? Right. I do want to know how technology works. But it's really important also, I think, to understand history because oftentimes there are, are a lot of issues in the tech industry that come up because of histories that employers or employees may not know. And so I think what people that end up in our program really learn is kind of that there are these standards. We can learn the standards. We can learn the methodologies on, on how to code and things like that. But there's also this, this broader history that includes things like racial inequality and Mm -hmm. gender inequality. And there are ways that we can sort of understand where those things come from. And I do find that an intriguing aspect of this, as you mentioned uh, numerous times about the history and how things have changed as far as technology and the impact. Can you give us any other specific examples of how maybe you've seen that impact change over the years? I mean, I know you even took us back to Plato and, and the idea how writing really was a technology back then, but is there maybe some practical ways that you've seen it or in ways it could help students? One of the things that I think is going on right now that's really fascinating is in terms of gender. I don't know if you've heard of the uh, feminist blogger Anita Sarkeesian. Um, she did a... The name sounds familiar. Yeah, a video blog, um, which basically was just identifying sexist tropes in video games. Oh. And so she would go in and talk about how women are represented in these different video games. I think it went on for like six months or something like that. And there is this huge backlash from people who watch the video blog, uh, gamers, people in the industry. And in fact, she had a lot of threats of violence because of producing this video blog. 
horrific stuff. Mm-hmm. And it is, it was really, it was really strange to see that occurring and have students sort of try to navigate themselves into this. I think it's a very complicated issue. So you, you would have a lot of people talking about why is she talking about this? It's just a game. It's something I enjoy. And then other people saying, well, no, women play games also. Mm-hmm. And it's important that, that there be more positive representations of women for not only for adult gamers, but for, for, but for children who are, who are also playing these games. Right. And so I think bringing up these issues and talking about them within a sort of broader context of how women have been kind of traditionally excluded or marginalized in technology fields. I mentioned, by the way, that computers were decades ago, they were, there were a, a, a name that were actually ascribed to these women's secretaries who work on computers because, you know, programming back in the day, this was back in the 50s and 60s before the invention of, of the personal computer, it was actually seen as a kind of secretarial position. Hmm. And so the computer was really kind of, it was like a job title. It wasn't a technology. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there's a sort of broader history to like how these events today are occurring. I think it's important to have people within the tech industry who understand that and can communicate it to to their bosses in order to make, you know, a better environment for everyone. I think that's a great example that you brought up there, uh, actually a couple, um, but just as you said, the idea of the awareness there and how it can only help moving forward. And I'm sure there are other ways that, you know, we may not think of if we're not in the industry or if you're in the industry, you're kind of blinded to some of those things. So I think it is really a, a cool way to give students that awareness as we talked about, especially with the history of everything. Alongside that, though, if I'm a student that is taking these classes, um, you know, whether it's at your university or somewhere else in, in terms of digital humanities and culture and history, how do you portray that to an employer to maybe give you that leg up or give them an understanding that, hey, yeah, I know all the technical stuff, but I also have this greater appreciation because ultimately we are trying to help people here, especially college students with getting their best foot forward when it comes to getting a job. So one of the things we also emphasize in the program is, is rhetoric um, and communication. Um, and this goes back to sort of what we were talking about at the beginning of the program, right? You know, the difference between simply checking grammar and having a, whether it's in the form of an email, how do you address yourself to a gamer? What's mm-hmm. something a gamer would like? How do you make your message something that they would be, they would find to be interesting? But it's something that could be as simple as an email or a tweet. That kind of logic can be extended to how do you design a website so that you can attract people to that website? Um, what colors do you use? How do you employ spacing so that it's pleasing to the eye? We do all sorts of different types of things in visual design, in writing, in communication, and, and also talk about how those things are culturally are different across different cultures. Mm-hmm. So when you're trying to design, for instance, a website, that's supposed to be for a business um, that wants to exude a certain type of sophistication, that's going to be very different than, than when you're trying to design a website for the newest game that's supposed to look really cool sure. and, and be science fiction. And so being able to articulate those differences in a way that's logical and that is professional, I think, is extremely important. And it's something that we really sort of emphasize in our class. Is there anything you would say within those classes, within the idea of whether it's English itself or the digital kind of arena, is there anything you would say that is completely misunderstood or that you think people, I don't know, don't have an accurate depiction of when it comes to what you're trying to do? Or just as I said, it could be in English as a whole. Mm, That's a really interesting question because I feel like 
English often is seen as this sort of like old school discipline. Right. Right. Yeah. No, <laughs> you know, I agree. like full of old white guys talking about like <laughs> Shakespeare. And I love Shakespeare. I, I love going to see Shakespeare quite a bit, but it's not the only thing that we do. We, we engage all the time with technology. We, I teach a course. I'm really into comics. I read comics all the time and I, not in the DTT program, but I'll teach a course on how comics are created mm. and actually how actually have my students create a comic over the semester so that they can see how it's actually put together. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's a big sort of misunderstanding that the only thing that you do in an English curriculum is, you know, sit around, read a, read a novel and kind of talk about it. And it's useless because the professor is arrogant and kind of makes you <laughs> I didn't mean to you touch know, a nerve. That... Holy cow. I didn't, uh... <laughs> no, I mean, to your point, I think you're right. I think in general, someone hears English, you're right. They're going to think of that kind of old school, literally yeah. English, like from England kind of idea. I, I do think you're right in that regard. So we do. We do uh, technology studies. We do comics. We do film. I have, I have colleagues who are really into film, television. I mean, we, I, I think, you know, looking at culture is, sort of endlessly fascinating and you can do that in almost any situation right well roger i really have appreciated the conversation i think you've given us some nice insights into this arena and i said a little bit uh, as well as the practical side of how it can help for students and um, also the general look at english and digital age so to speak i want to give you the floor here last 30 seconds a minute whatever you need to take what would you give us as an example for students that could use something from the program specifically that you teach that you would really want to sell them on or that they could really sell themselves in regard to what they can learn and what they can do? For me, I think the challenge for all of us in the 21st century is how to be, on the one hand, employable, and on the other hand, how to hold on to some of the things I think are in danger of slipping away from our culture as we enter into uh, the digital age. Uh, one of the things that is really, I think, frightening about where higher education is going is that the state, state administrations are cutting education every year. Mm-hmm. I think the problem that you're going to see if, if people continue to cut state funding to education is that it's going to be supplemented by private interests that have big agendas, perhaps, and that education is going to be less about how do we make the world better for everyone and more about how do you make as much money as you can for yourself. And so I would just uh, encourage my encourage your, your listeners to, while they're trying to get the skills that they can get for their job, which is extremely important, to continue to think that, you know, perhaps they're also getting an education in how to be a citizen and how to think broadly about issues that impact all of us. Roger, much like the first time, we appreciate the knowledge and really the love that you have for this subject. It certainly comes through when we talk, and I know our listeners do appreciate that as well. So thanks again for coming on the show. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. With that, we will close out this edition of Classroom to Boardroom. Once again, we've been speaking with Roger Whitson, professor of English at Washington State University. And of course, if you want to find out more about him, you can go to his website, rogerwitson.com. That's W-H-I-T-S-O-N.com. You can check out his research and books there as well. Of course, we'd like to hear from you. If you have any feedback of this show or any others on LJN Radio, you can find us on Twitter at the LJN. You can also send us an email, ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. And check out ljnradio.com to find all of our podcasts. If you have any other interests in terms of employment, job seeking, management, whatever you're looking for, we definitely have it. 
For everyone here at LGN Radio, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody.